You know what drives you, what inspires you. You know why you're here today, thinking about your education and your career. But do you know how to get where you're going? Indiana Wesleyan University is a place where your dreams and goals are known, where you're pushed to excel, and you're supported beyond graduation day. Explore our tuition guarantee, our faith-integrated coursework, and more than 100 online degree programs. See how it's possible at iwuishow.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to DC On Screen. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hey! And uh, we have Scott from the Suicide Squad cast. Hey! And we also have our good friend, Christopher White. How you doing? So we have just seen The Killing Joke in the theater. Oh, my lord. By the way, if this sounds like shit, I'm so sorry. We had to record in a car. We had to record in a car. Outside of the theater. Outside of the theater. Uh, YOLO! <laughs> what? That's dedication. Yeah, we, uh, well, a loved one had a long trip, so we're not going to uh, bother that person in the house, which I think is acceptable <laughs> and understandable, so, you know. Tell what you gotta do. Okay, so we saw this thing. Is anyone not blown away? Um... I was blown away by the last 45 minutes. It's probably one of the most accurate adaptations I've ever seen, like, page for page. And it, I was really impressed. Is it bad that I was, like, just... I didn't want to, but I was sort of just um, wincing at every time that it wasn't accurate. Like, I know, <laughs> I know the words too well. <laughs> and that was bound to happen, so... Yeah. Oh, it was. Well, I think it was something we talked about at dinner before the movie was that this book isn't as precious to me as it is to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, when I saw Dark Knight Returns, their anime adaptation, I was that way. I was like, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, w- I was picking that sucker apart. Yeah. Loved it because they did such a great job of it. But when it came to The Killing Joke, I was just kind of like, okay, I, I was going to give it a little bit more rope because I'm not as endeared to this book as other people are. Yeah. Right. But Dark Knight Returns, uh, you know, I, I feel the same way about that as I do this. Uh, you know, when they did that adaptation, I was like, Ooh, what do you mean there's not going to be a voiceover? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so That haunted him for weeks. It did. I was just like, what about, that would be a good death, but what, what, what about, you know, so. We're sitting there watching the thing, he's going, there's a good line there. Where the hell's good, good soldier? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, at the... They they did a uh, in in ways I want to say it was a serviceable a serviceable job, but it was so much better than serviceable. It's so see it's, as a reproduction, it was serviceable. As an adaptation, it was pretty damn great. Yeah, absolutely, will, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yes. And, and if you make a distinction about which one you're doing, and I think they did, where they start out with, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and say a couple of spoilers here, right? Since um, I mean, yeah, it, I'm it, just going to give you the opening line, basically. Yeah, it's, that's it. Like, it starts out with Batgirl saying, "I know this isn't what you expected to see." A moonlight right. sky, a Gotham that looks pretty good, and especially hear me, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, right, something like right, that. Right, right. So they they right out right out tell you, hey, we're not. Is gonna everybody do exactly okay with that? Like 
Batgirl addressing us directly like that? I mean, it was a little fourth wall breaking, wasn't was. it? It was. But it was Batgirl weird. does it so damn often. I'm okay with it. Okay. I, like I, I think of No Man's <laughs> Land through her eyes. Like that's how that's how I hear it. Yeah. So, what did what did, okay? What did you guys think of the Batgirl prologue? I dug it. It was like it was like a really intense. Never going to see this on on the true release version of a BTS episode. It mm-hmm. felt like a BTS episode. Well, no, and, and Jason getting said to do that. things they didn't want to do or wouldn't have gotten to do. Right. No, and I agree. And the only thing that I would say about what I'm essentially going to call the prologue, yeah, is that there needed to be a break between the prologue and then what I would call the adaptation. Like mm-hmm. when you yeah. got to the actual killing joke mm-hmm. part. I felt like it needed a title card or something to break those two apart. Because mm-hmm. you're right, because that prologue felt so much like a BTAS episode, mm-hmm. it didn't seem to really gel mm-hmm. with the actual killing joke. It didn't right. feel like Alan Moore wrote that. No, it did. Especially yeah. when you get to the Alan Moore part mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, oh Alan Moore. This feels like Alan this Moore. This feels like yes. Alan Moore. <laughs> Which fact, I, I was really happy with. Some of the, because I do know most of those words in that book, and they play fine, those words play fine on a written page, but I've tried saying them out loud, and they don't work so well. They're coarse on the ear the way the man writes. Yeah. Um, They're flowery almost, but they don't work so well. Um, They're not meant to be spoken. They're meant to be written. Yeah, they don't. Oh, read. I'm sorry. Yeah, they don't sound like real people. (laughs) No, when he did it, they were meant to be (laughs) written. It's true. Okay. So I, I appreciated some of the uh, some of the changes that they went with inside of the adaptation of Killing Joke, but I, I agree. I don't think the prologue gelled as well as it could have. Uh, I remember looking at Jason at one part in the movie and saying, "Doesn't this feel a little CW to you? Yeah. Like a lot of drama?" <laughs> about, it was about the time he, she was shouting, "Like just." It, we can just go back. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. But it's I, just yeah. sex. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. But I felt like if there had been some sort of break at that point, maybe the prologue wouldn't have felt so like if they had actually been separated from the adaptation. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't mind the prologue. I mean, right. like you said, I love BTS, so it felt nice. It expanded the running time of the movie, but they got it, it to movie length easily. You know, it got it to movie length, but. I feel like that was its only purpose. Originally, I mean, I'm sure it was. Like, hey, well, we got to make this movie. Link. Well, no, yeah. I, I think it's, it's two things. One, it's to make it movie length, but two, it's also, if you go back and read The Killing Joke, Barbara's in a 46 page story for five pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's nothing. If you were going to pick one character and say, we need to do something more, Batman and Joker aren't the people you need more backstory on. Right. Yeah. And plus, you get more Joker backstory here than you're ever going to see. Batman, you just, who the hell needs that? Yeah, I felt like it made it more accessible for the general audience. You know, yeah, something to come in there and relate with Barbara Gordon more. So right. when. The moment happens, and you know what I'm talking about. And there's, it's more impactful. Well, I mean, anyone who was familiar when it, when you read that originally, you went, "Oh no!" Yeah, if you were a reader yeah. and you knew, but if you're coming into this, like I saw a lot of people out here look like very casual fans. Mm-hmm. Yes. If that had just opened up, hey, I'm going to yoga. Boom, you know, I get shot. You know, people are like, "What? What the hell just happened? Why, why am I supposed <laughs> to care?" Right. You know. Right. And you know, I, I what's what's interesting about the theatrical release is it does open up to what Charles McFall calls the filthy casuals. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So people being dragged along, you know, if it was just on Blu-ray release, you know, the fans are just going to be the ones buying that. But here, I think it was important to expand our story, and I was always okay with that. But what did you guys think about the sexual relationship between she and Batman? Like, I was one of the ones that that was one of the most, that was one of the most contentious parts of BTAS for what, the small amount of time they actually did it. Um... 
What, what did you guys think? I, for one, didn't care for it, to be honest with you. Okay. I mean, I thought, like, Batgirl always belonged with Dick Grayson more. It sure. seemed kind of wrong. Batman's always been more of a mentor to her, like mm-hmm. a father figure. At least how, that's it, how it reads to me. So when that whole thing went down, she just kind of came off as, like, a schoolgirl with a crush. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just, it didn't rub me the right way. Well, see, for me, it never, I mean, as a huge BTAS fan, I, it, it never bothered me. I remember the moment in, in Batman Beyond when, like, they implicitly state, I mean, they stated it. And I was just sure. kind of like, huh. And then, I just went with, and then I just went with it. You know, it didn't rub me the wrong way. Uh, the weird thing in this is that I heard the hubbub when the clip leaked yeah. online. Yeah, oh yeah. I never oh yeah. watched the clip. I just mm-hmm. heard the ruckus, and I just thought, oh, God, Internet. It was Stop. pretty tastefully done. Yeah, know? it was quick. Why? And the thing was is that the way everyone was talking, I thought there was going to be, like, an actual sex scene. I thought yeah. we were getting some hentai yeah. up in here. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I didn't the, think we were going there, no. But uh, then, when, then basically all it was, was a little dry humping and her pulling off her top it was yeah. like oh okay. yeah they had uh, like the the relationship there they 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 did frame it pretty well as the yoga instructor so they framed it as a mentor thing where like i, I if if it had come across as more of a father figure thing mm-hmm. which is there sometimes but in this film you'd be projecting it yes you would uh, it, it, they didn't show you that they framed it around yoga instructor and the mentor and in that case eh, he's a little old for it but you know yeah Batman's a straight-up baller, isn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 You know what bothered me the most about it is the way they, they shot it. Instead of Batgirl, it reminded me of him getting down with Black Canary in All-Star Batman and Robin. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You're right. I'm like, will you stop screwing on rooftops, Batman? What the hell's wrong with you? I mean, no one's coming up there. I wouldn't, mind, <laughs> I wouldn't have minded seeing that in Hush either, you know, between Catwoman and Batman. Yeah. Well, sure, the, that makes the more sense. The one yeah, thing I will say about the sexual relationship is that I appreciate the fact that it was Batgirl who initiated it. Yes. Yeah. I thought that worked for... That's a good point. That I one, thought that yeah. worked for the relationship, that worked for the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. the, the, the relationship between, uh, you know, Batman and Batgirl, I have far less of a problem with than uh, Bruce Tim and Batgirl. Like, I, I can deal with all the, the, the sex scenes were tastefully done, but the j- shot of her running. Yeah, yeah that, that pulled me. That pulled. unnecessary. Like, we don't need an ass shot of a cartoon girl running. We, no one needs that. <laughs> well, some of us do, but <laughs> no, no one in this car, I don't No know. one here is named Mr. Tim. There, there were things in that movie that were excessively or wrongfully animated. I'd like to point out as a truck driver that there's no damn way a truck is going to turn that way. Just a straight 90 degree angle without rolling over six times. I um, felt like some jackknifing should have been appropriate. <laughs> I was waiting for it to be like, nope, he did it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Did, it, did it bother anyone? Anyone else that this thing is rated R and they've got people saying frickin' A or F in this or yeah, I'm, I'm you like, know, fig freaking the gonna, F out. Well, fig, I can understand because that's just Joker, you know. Well, no, but I that's know, also, but, but that's also the line from the line, line from the, book, the yeah. from the book. yeah, it's directly from. Now, look, I think the R rating was worth it just for, just for when he throws that gun away with God damn it. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, if that's what you had to do to give me that R, so we agreed we're in spoiler territory now. I think all that's actually in the book. If yeah, uh, yeah that's in the book. But this point, we've talked about the trailer too, and and this is DC on screen anyway, so. Absolutely. Spoilers. Where we hopefully say spoilers up front, and when we don't, we just assume you, you're you dumb enough well, to go with us on I, this journey. I, you know, I write it in the description. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's always not safe for work. Spoilers. It's the f- first yeah. thing in all your show notes. Thank you. I, true. you do listen. I do. <laughs> I tweet.
hate you enough to realize that I do listen to your show. <laughs> you I mean, do, I, you do. Did anybody realize that after Batman got dropped into that spike pit, he just kept chucking motherfuckers? He just yes, he did. Yeah, he did. I was like, yeah, but, but, I, I but, saw that happen. I went somewhere. Zack Snyder is jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, back, no, he's just shouting at the screen. See, see, <laughs> And I, I just wanted to, to say, I, I really love the part where um, Batman was talking about how Barbara hadn't been to the edge yet, to the abyss. Oh, yeah. it's wonderful. And that I, was, I was that thinking, was cool. that, that actually must, did fill Alan Morse. Yeah, it, it really did. Anything did. That felt good. It also made me think that must be where Batfleck is right about now. Yeah. 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 You know, it kind of gave a little more context to that. But back to David's point, yeah, I was sitting there going, you know, Dark Knight Returns got a PG-13 rating, and, and, you know, that one had freaking swastika boobs and a battering in Joker's eye. Yeah. What What about this... Deserved really oh, an R rating. More pony nipples. More pony nipples even in Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Yeah. Lady yeah. Mutant had the whole thing going on. So it's I'm sitting here going, why did this get an R rating? I mean, of course that just goes back to the MPAA where yeah. it's, it's it's course. I think it was named the Killing Joke. The MPAA is uh, a gang of people with two dice, and <laughs> I, it was the implied rape. I think that's where you got it. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> because. It, and there were, I was still wondering how they're going to play this. Are they going to make it an implied rape, or if they're going to make it explicit? Are we going to so- solve this question finally? But no, they 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 kind of trap it around like, yeah, he's definitely going to undress her for this. Of course, you see the pictures later. Mm-hmm. We know, I guess, that was at his disposal. And then yeah. you you have the conversation with the girls later, where they're kind of saying, well, that's kind of the first thing you know no, you know people normally do, and especially him. And then oh, I must find somebody else. Like it's still just that was weird implied. Well, Bruce Tim came out with an interview that I just read online earlier today, where he said that wasn't his intention for that story. That's not the they didn't write it that way. He mm-hmm. did. He did. No, he absolutely <laughs> did. But I'm yeah. saying. He's trying to dodge it and get out of the way by saying, no, when I wrote that, you know, when we were making the movie, that's not how I envisioned it or that's not what well, I saw. Well, he, he didn't write. I mean, Brian Azzarello wrote the yeah. script. Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, but, and, you know, he didn't say it. He can still bounce around if he wants to. Like, it was still just, hey, if that's how you read it, that's how you read it. Like, well, you and, I appreciate, it and I appreciate the ambiguity because it's, if it goes it's ambig- with the book. It goes I mean, with the book. If, mm-hmm. the, if it was ambiguous in the book, I wanted it to stay ambiguous in the movie. Yeah. I didn't want. I didn't want you... Whoever you are, to give me an answer. Which, <laughs> you, what? I didn't want your version of the answer. Right. I wanted you to re- to represent what the book did, which was you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, which is weird for me because normally if I get to the end of a, a movie and you haven't given me an answer to several of your pro- problems, I am so pissed. I'm beside myself, angry. Like pick an ending, you cowardly fuck. Um, <laughs> don't inception me, you asshole. I, 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 I get really mad about that. But in a book like this, where we all knew the material, we all have been talking about this for years, like, sure. then it became, don't mess with it. Don't yes. mess with yeah. the thing that worked. Like, you, you're not good enough to do this. Like, <laughs> I'm not even, I'm kind of not okay because they had Batman continue to laugh without Joker. Yeah, that was, was kind of weird. The ha-ha-ha ended, and then it was just silence as rain fell. Yeah. So that seems to imply even more that he killed him. But, you know, I hate the idea that he killed him because even though it's the killing joke, you want the Batman Gordon side to win. And if Batman kills the Joker, that doesn't happen. But it's it's the question with Alan Moore is that when I went back and I actually read the book uh, this afternoon. I did too. Before (laughs) before we were moving. I didn't have time. And and Alan Moore's (laughs) Batman in in the killing joke is, is a 
I mean, it was even more damaged than I remembered because reading mm-hmm. it today was only yeah. my second time ever reading The Killing Joke. Like okay. I said, it's not precious to me. Yeah. Uh, but when I read it, I was like, when he has that conversation with who we think is the Joker in the asi- in the Arkham Asylum cell, yeah. and he's like, listen, we know this is going to end with either you killing me or me killing you. And I'm sitting here going, Batman's flat out saying... Yeah, I, it is a distinct possibility. Foreshadowing anybody? Well, yeah. it, but it's like it's a distinct possibility that I'm going to kill you. It's like no other Batman I've read would actually come out and say no. I, I he doesn't necessarily say I'm going to homicide you. It, it can be like an, <laughs> I'm going to manslaughter you at some point. Right. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, like even, eventually you're going to put yourself in the position where I'm going to try. I'm even trying to save you. I'm still going to kill you. Ass. But I, I, the thing I like so much about that conversation is, like, it, it's a good conversation, but about halfway through, uh, when you either remember the trick or realize what's going on, you kind of think, oh, he's just bearing his soul to some asshole. There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just some poor scared dude in there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really glad at the end of the book, or in the end of the movie, this, in this case, he gets to actually have something like that conversation, because otherwise it would have been lost, and like just lost in the wind. And can I tell you how, I, and, and I've read the book, but how weird it is to see the two of them just casually talking to each other. Oh, like, yeah. I no, mean, like is. him listening to him tell him a joke. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, this this is not this is not jiving with my version of Batman and the Joker. It, and it's weird that the book, it never bothers me. It didn't mm-hmm. bother me in the book the way it bothered me. And it bothered me, I don't mean in a bad way, but just as in a, <laughs> this doesn't feel right. It strikes you. Yeah. It strikes me yeah. in the movie, which I have to give credit to the movie. The movie made me feel things about the material that the original book didn't make me feel. I think that, like, right. I think that might be a product of the actual the animation, the fact that it's not still frame. Because still frame, it doesn't look like he's just casually moving around as much. You can mm-hmm. draw it as well as you can, but it's not quite going to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Him, he's just, he's just standing there watching and listening. And you get the feeling that like he's gotten to that point in the fight where Joker's pretty much he's kind of taking it out of him today. Like, he's not going to actually be able to rally on this one. He knows he's got his, he's got the better hand. Well, do you but... think the nostalgia factor of Hamill and Conroy helped out with that at all? Oh, well, sure as hell did oh, to sh- me. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know something awful and weird and it was just going to happen and I knew it wasn't. It's entirely my own hang-up. What's up? But li- like, watching this thing, I'm kind of annoyed that Hamill and Conroy aren't delivering the lines the way I always envisioned <laughs> Conroy and Hamill would deliver those lines. I'm like, well, that's not how Hamill would say it. Dave, that is how Hamill said it. You just heard it. I'm like, I know, but it's not right. And he probably did multiple takes. Conroy sounds a little older and more grizzled now, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The thing He's about like, it is that I... I I bet he only does Batman voice now. Like, I can never yeah. imagine him doing He doesn't the imagine Bruce. a lot more. He doesn't have you to know, do the Bruce Wayne voice You know anymore. what? I, I, I thought that, too, because after years, I've heard him talk about how his voice is just, is just naturally really deep now after so many years of doing it. But I saw an interview with him or, like, a panel or something just the other day that was relatively new. It was, like, the last year. And he's like, so, yeah, and he, I, I just figured I'd do my voice for Bruce Wayne and a different voice for Batman. And he actually does, he does Bruce Wayne. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Like season he's one Bruce got, Wayne? Yeah, and he's like, hi, Commissioner. I'm like, at this point in his life, it's, it. At this point in his life, it's almost like Kevin Conroy is the affectation, and he's become Batman. Yeah. Maybe yeah, so. It's gone around, yeah. yeah. I think Wait, it's like, reversed, yeah. I think he really was just naturally aging his voice when he first did it. Like, we all thought he was graveling and deepening. No, I think he just, he was accidentally doing what his voice would eventually become. And right. 
over and but that in so well, many and years he, and he it said, reshaped his throat. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. he said that in interviews that he went gravelly and they realized that what got him the job was he just learned to drop his voice. Yeah, like it yeah. wasn't effective voice; it was just <laughs> drop my voice. And you listen, and the Batman voice has changed over the sure. over the years. Oh, yeah. It's become even. In my in my opinion, better. Like you go listen to season one, it's a little. I think Jason just did that. You just rewatched it, didn't I'm, you? I'm still kind of flipping through those episodes, and yeah. I completely agree. And it, the funny part is about that. How meta is that? That over the years, he's Batman's figuring it out. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, perfect. by the way. Oh, by the way. Did anyone? Did anyone else catch the fact that he delivered a Christian Bale line, but in, in Kevin Conroy? Yes. Swear, <laughs> to swear to me. me. Yep. And it sounded so much better it with Conroy. So much better. better than Conroy <laughs> saying it. Now, being a fan of the show as long as I have been, I listen every week and I hear you guys talk about stuff and everything. And one thing I was looking forward to asking you guys, because I remember Jason, one of the concerns you had in the movie, or one of the things rather you were looking forward to, is how, how the song was going to sound that Joker sang. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's your take on that? How did you feel about it? I was iffy until about halfway through. Because I, I always imagined it as um, definitely not Broadway. Like, I imagined it as being um, kind of grisly. Like he'd, a little uh, more like sinister. Almost, almost just a score behind him where they weren't going to actually fourth wall music. Uh-huh. But, you know, putting on the phonograph, I kind of thought, oh, okay, all right, what are we going to do? Uh, and then he starts up, and it's fun, but it does remind you of some more campy things. So you kind of you're, you're rolling. It, when they got to the part where the they were going so fast through that it had a a, a seizure like feel to it with the things flipping by, <laughs> I kind of thought, nope, no, no, no. He's trying to drive a man crazy. Broadway and strobe lights. Yep, that'll do it. Well, and it, was really, it was really funny is that actually today when I, I bought the soundtrack on iTunes, and it, so I've been listening to this thing since Friday, yeah. and I was telling Jason after the movie, I was sitting in my living room reading the book, and when I got to that page, I literally pulled out my phone and just played the song, <laughs> and I let, the, I let the, the soundtrack sing the song for me as I was reading that page awesome. in the graphic novel, and it worked for me. <laughs> And I've, I've tried to imagine the melody before, and it, uh, I never thought of anything that playful. You know, it was always a little more dissonant in my head, but of course it does. It's fine when Mark Campbell does it. What the hell? I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, during the uh, that that scene, Bethany whispers in my ear, the fat lady has cleavage sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, of course, they'd edit, they, of course they would do that. They would animate that. They would. <laughs> I missed that. I have to. I'll have to go back since since it's going to be available digitally tomorrow. I might have to yeah. go back and rewatch that. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Tim would go through that trouble though. He would. Uh, oh man. So um, I don't know. We have any other thoughts on this thing? I think uh, I think it was a pretty good adaptation. Pretty damn good adaptation. Yeah. Um, on board. I'm, I enjoyed it. I really- I, uh, Think, uh, Scott, what did you say? It's coming out like next Tuesday. Uh, next Tuesday, physically. Tomorrow, physically. tomorrow is when it comes out digitally. Next Tuesday is when you can go in the store and buy your Blu-ray or DVD. Cool. And I'll get to watch the first half of that special feature. I didn't get to see. So. No, actually, no. <laughs> what you missed? That was a Fathom exclusive. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's kind of, of the point. That introduction, that Mark Hamill introduction, was only for the theatrical release. But if you've ever relaxed. heard a Mark Hamill interview before, you've heard you've that heard the story. story. I've heard most of that. Yeah, yeah so. you've heard all of it. Uh, yeah. I guarantee you. Um, <laughs> so I I was not wholly interested in the uh, Paris Franz or whatever storyline. Yeah. I didn't really care. He was a dick. 
Um, <laughs> it just felt like a way above average BTAS episode. Anybody yeah. wonder how Barbara Gordon Batgirl did not snap his neck when she threw that deuce around him and slung him into the boxes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, I, I thought it was about to pop thing. off. That's another really thing that feels like a BTAS episode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because... <laughs> <laughs> They would do stuff on that show. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that dude's dead. Nope, there he's just standing up. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. But uh, the one thing, however, and, and I, I think this is going to be my final thought, is the one thing that was cool, though, about having that sort of prologue in it is that when she quits being Batgirl, yeah. and then that's when she gets shot... Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that was good. That I mean, that once again, it's adding gravitas to that mm -hmm. moment. It's not like she is Batgirl and now she has to find some other way. It's like, no, she quit. Like yeah. she was moving on, and then that came back at her. Yeah, he still mm -hmm. couldn't protect her mm -hmm. even by getting her out of it. Like I was a little shocked that they were willing to go the route they were, where you know, <laughs> he basically cosbeat her, and she's <laughs> like, nope, I'm getting in the vault. Um, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I was sort of like, oh, 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 okay, good. She's getting away. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was. Like, yeah. Oh, thank God. No, oh, no, thank God. God. But yeah. but but that way they made you care. Like yeah, they did make me care, and they made me feel like, oh, that what a piece of shit. It gave enough character to the the Franz guy. I was like, all right, all right. But, yeah. Did you yeah. catch Bruce Timm's cameo? Uh, where was it? I heard a voice in there that I, I thought. Where where is it? It was the patrolman when they come to tell. He's always the patrolman. <laughs> well, he always gets when, when the detective and the patrolman come to tell you know past tense Joker that his wife died. You hear him say, "Would you please step out here, sir?" I was gotcha. like, "Oh, there's Bruce Timms because he always does one mm -hmm. line in everything he does, and yeah, that yeah. was his one line." Yeah. yeah. So um, so what do you think? Can only sexists and misogynists enjoy this movie, guys? <laughs> no. I think anyone but. Anyone who doesn't have an idea of what those words mean yet is going to need to stay out of this. But everybody else will be fine. All right. It's not for everybody, but it is for anybody who loves Batman. Yeah. All right. All right easily. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I dug it, man. It yeah. Was, uh, I didn't really care for the beginning, but I loved the last 45 minutes. I love that they kept, for most part, the ambiguity of the end. Yeah. I wish they'd just gone ahead and dropped those F-bombs, man. I really do. Yeah. Well, it, it, once again, it's like if you're going to get the R rating, yeah. go for it. You know, yeah. glad they left out the Barbara Gordon nipple. That always makes me uncomfortable <laughs> when I'm looking for the comic and I see that nipple. I'm like, oh man, why? Why? I, don't, I never wanted to see Barbara Gordon's nipple. That's just weird. Right. Especially after seeing George Clooney so many times. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, I have still PTSD. I'm sorry. No more. No more. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough times. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the one thing I loved about the killing joke and that I've always said about the Joker is that, you know, if his, you know, his origin is going to be so ambiguous, so should his demise. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We shouldn't really ever know how his story ends or begins. Mm -hmm. He just is. Unwell, except when you watch Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, and it's awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, good <laughs> no, call, no, Damn it. no, and when we say awesome, do we mean the edited version that was released first, or the uncensored version that came oh, out the uncensored, uncensored version, uncensored. which is awesome? Uncensored. That's not funny. <laughs> Leave in all the Tim Drake, all of it. Oh yes. Oh my lord. We have veered and we are dying. Dave, would you like to? All right. We are DC on screen. You can find every episode on dconscreen.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the same name, same moniker, DC on Screen. Scott, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me personally at, at ScottDC27 on Twitter, or you can find the Suicide Squadcast at 
Suicide Squad cast on Twitter. And shameless plug, we will be recording our review of the, of this movie tomorrow night. So please tune into our show to hear our review with uh, Tim and Brent. All right, and your memoir, uh, Areola Nightmares. When does that come out? <laughs> um, next fall. Next fall. Um, Chris, you got anything to plug? No, man. I'm just really glad I got to be here with you guys. I couldn't think of a better group of guy, you know, cats, if you will, to see the movie with. Absolutely. Scott, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Chris, thank you so much for... Tell them, tell them where you came from. Oh, yeah, good call, man. Um, I came from Wilmington, North Carolina, about 600 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I drove thirty minutes across town. I don't. I can't handle a candle of that. I know it sounds funny, but you I know, I've got been to listening in seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it only took me about what eight nine hours. Oh like bless you! Oh man, bless you, man. Been a fan of these guys for a while. I really appreciate appreciate them having me on. They they've been good to me. Oh, it's fun. We absolutely okay. can't ask for a better fan, buddy. I appreciate You're it, man. Awesome. Jason, got anything to plug? No. Okay. No, you, you know. <laughs> oh God, I was thinking that was going somewhere Jason, else. Jason, don't you have a podcast too, buddy? We yeah, but Dave it, it normally Tim's. gets it normally gets picked up pretty easily when Dave gets done talking. So I'm, <laughs> I get the easy part, dude. I just hang around. <laughs> All right, can you, you just, just say, around, Dave, you start just again. Sit around you know, snickering go. at my gaffes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like writing down times that you're going to cut out things. You know what? There yeah. is one thing I'd like to plug, <laughs> and that's my wife. Hey, Honey, um, I love you. Thank you for letting me come do this with my friends. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a good man right there. Yeah, yeah. Points. Thank you, Chris's wife, Margaret. Margaret for sending uh, him down. It's funny to say Chris's wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know her name. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Scott Madison, man, we wish you could have been here. He, he's messaging us right now on Facebook, wanting us to talk about this thing with him. Um, sorry, Scott. I'm sorry, buddy. Me too, Scott. You might have been here first, but and got to watch uh, Superman Quest for Peace, and I feel bad because I only got to watch the Killing Joke with him. I know. Oh. <laughs> it's real rough. Oh. It's real rough. We all suffer. I like being fought over. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Good night, guys. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Pip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.